Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. The three things Tony would do as governor, the left is trying to cancel George Orwell, and Rashiba Tlaib should be thrown out of Congress. I'm producer Jonathan, and this is your TK20. Focusing on the future of work. These are the smart ideas, and I only hope they lead to solid results. Although I'm not sure how that can happen from an event called Growing Fairly, How to Build Opportunity and Equity in Workforce Development. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. Uh, This is the Sagamore Institute. It's their Indiana Conference on Citizenship. Um, Sagamore Institute is a think tank. So this was started by Dan Coates back in 2004. One of the people who started it, a uh, former senator, of course. Um, and it's the, the, the whole purpose of this uh, event is how do you, how do we take declining college numbers and what they describe within the article, Peter Blanchard reporting at IBJ, slowing population growth. And how do we find a way to stem that tide, keep people here in Indiana? This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. This is an incredibly smart issue. Um, I gave a speech a couple weeks ago, the Bartholomew County Republican Party. Uh, and uh, we did a Q&A at, at the end, and I was asked, I think I told the story, I was asked, what are the three things you would do if you were governor? And what would you be your focus? And, and I said, I would, I would start with one of the social issues. I would let every parent in, in the state of Indiana know that I'm 100% behind them in them knowing what's going on with their kids in schools and their rights as parents. That should not be abridged and cannot be abridged by any school. I I, I would state that right off the bat, let everybody know where I am on that subject. I uh, I then said my number two is I would absolutely be looking into how Indiana can be an income tax free state. I know that Suzanne Crouch, Lieutenant Governor, is is, uh, pushing for this. There's a question, I guess, of how these things are done, but I don't think there should be a question of if this can be done. I I believe it can. I believe it should, especially if we want to engage a level of competition with, let's say, Tennessee. But there's more than just taxes in in these conversations. There is the idea of ease. And if you have a state where it's easy to start a business, or it's easy to grow a business because the regulation is so streamlined and and so therefore it's it's there there nothing's cumbersome it's simple to do you could actually have the taxes and people won't actually care now I'll personally care but it's 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 like the BMV I've never experienced anything anywhere I live, not California, not Tampa, Florida, not Washington, D.C., oh, holy heck, and certainly not New Jersey, 
Like I have the ease of which you can do things here in Indiana. And I wasn't here before Mitch Daniels, so I don't have a comparison piece about the before and after of the change. But when I registered the the Bronco, which is driving very well, I still don't know why I bought it, but it's a lot of fun. The 96 Bronco, my God, what I paid for the registration, did I pay? It was a 1996 Bronco. I paid $1,400, whatever it was. It was insane. I actually stopped and said, what? That poor girl, she could not have been more than 20 working the counter. And here I am, what? But the system was so easy. There were like 30 people in front of me and and, and my oldest were just waiting. 30, we got through that in six and a half minutes. It was amazing. You didn't even bother with what the, nope, it was $1,400. What? And and so, all right, that's, that's something I'd work on too. Less regulation, make it easier for people to build businesses, pursue ideas, and you'll, I think you make things more attractive. But the third thing on my list, because those two things happen quickly, where I would have my real focus is how do you keep people in the state of Indiana? How do you end the brain drain? There was an event that took place, and I I said it on air. I'm only upset that I wasn't invited to go. They they grabbed a, a group of civic leaders, and they went to, did they go to Sweden or did they go to Switzerland? to learn about how they work apprentice-based programs in their daily lives and and in whether it be school life, university life, et cetera. This is unbelievably important stuff. You can talk to me about coding from now until the end of time. Everybody wants to be a TikTok star. That's great. Who is going to fix your toilet? Who will fix the air conditioning? Who will fix your car? These skill sets are remarkably important. And apprenticeship goes well beyond the work with your hands. But as a concept, I'm like, this is smart. I am only sorry I wasn't invited. And you're like, Tony, why would you be invited? Because you would want people like me talking about an idea to help popularize an idea. Oh, trust me, Indiana is not yet fully embraced the idea of not everything is adversarial. Work together where you can. They're not there yet. Uh, hopefully, we'll get them there. This is is the same thing. This is an interesting idea. How do you actually get prosperity in Indiana? How do you make it more attractive? How do you create more opportunity for people to stay to therefore build upon itself? I think that's a smart. It's happening today. I would have gone. I, I, I don't, it, it doesn't even tell me what time it is. I, I would have gone. Uh, but I must admit, when you say growing fairly, how to build opportunity and equity in workforce development, that's kind of defeating now, isn't it? What do you mean by equity? If you mean you want people from all socioeconomic strata to be able to create, well, okay. But that's not about fairness now, is it? Us building good building blocks is about being smart. You play equity into that fairness game the way the DEI people do. Well, then what have you actually done? Don't confuse your messages. Don't mix them. Focus on the topic without focusing on the wokeism. 
do not buy into that and you actually have an opportunity to thrive. And I want you to. I want us to. I have seen more people passing around this story than maybe any other. It is the kind of headline that makes you say, my gosh, these people are doomed. But then again, these are the same people who are aggressively trying to cancel George Orwell. Yes, that George Orwell. Canceling George Orwell is only proof that 1984 is being used as an instruction manual. Or that that man was really able to see into the future. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. You have got um, a book out. It's a biography of George Orwell's wife that describes him as a, quote, sadistic, misogynistic, homophobic, and sometimes violent man. The Telegraph did a write-up of, 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 of this, and, and um, people are like, well, 1984 was a reflection of the real inner Orwell. The biographer says he desperately wants to be decent, and wanting to be decent is an honorable thing, a noble thing. But writing a book like 1984, which is violent, misogynist, sadistic, grim, paranoid, that comes out of a writer's flaws. Oh. Well. That's... That's something. So anybody who writes anything violent isn't just writing, uh, it shows their flaws. Lord only knows what we now say about Stephen King. The book is is violent and misogynistic, and therefore, therefore it should be uh, dismissed. Because he was a bad guy. I don't know if he's a bad guy. You say he was a bad guy? Sure. The book is unbelievably important. I don't know if J.D. Salinger was a good guy or not. I have no idea. I'm not an expert um, on, on, on him. Ray Bradbury, Fahrenheit 451. Am I supposed to dismiss Bradbury now? Somebody's going to tell me that he once wasn't nice to a puppy? The problem is, is that we've read 1984 and we're seeing it play out. And we're pretty disgusted by it. But I think this, this the story that's making people laugh out loud is much more uh, Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged, than it is uh, George Orwell. Most people, when they talk about Atlas Shrugged, uh, the leftists be like, oh, that ridiculous book. That book is unbelievably important. Read that. Read The Fountainhead. Don't be silly. I'm not saying you have to be an objectivist. I'm saying you got to read the book. Don't watch the movie... They screwed up the movies. Oh, shouldn't have been a movie. Ten-part miniseries. That would would work. You can even modernize it up a bit. But Atlas Shrugged is incredibly important literature and should be read. The most important part of Atlas Shrugged is not the John Galt speech. This is my take. Uh, others might disagree. Objectivists might disagree. It's fine. I don't think it's the John Galt speech. I actually don't think the Galt speech is as necessary as other parts of the book. I don't think that much explanation was needed. 
I think that my, my view is that Ayn Rand just wanted it. That's that's my take. Other people could see it differently, and Ayn Rand could have spoken about this, and I have never heard her uh, in maybe engaged in these conversations. Okay. Um, some people think that the John Galt conversation that you never see with Darkonia might be the most important moment because here is this guy who understands the problems, understands the issues, but doesn't realize how much is at stake and how he really has to stop the engine of the world in order to get people to change. I think the most important moment in the book is at the end, and if it's a spoiler alert, I'm sorry. Uh, Turn off your radios for 15 seconds or turn them down. Let me do this. For those of you who have read it, the most important moment is when they're trying to uh, torture Galt and he has to tell them how to actually hook up the equipment. To me, that is, that is, that is the everything. There are people out there, okay, you can all come back now. There are people out there who want to destroy you and you don't know, and they don't know how to do it. And then there are moments where you are going to be destroyed as a part in the book where this 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 guard, uh, move or you're going to get killed. Move or you're going to get killed. And the guard doesn't know what to do. He's not standing up for anything. He's been brainwashed by these people that he's got to stand there. This is the headline from a website called Them. I'm sorry, Them? What the heck is Them? Get the best of what's queer. Oh, okay. Now I know what them is. Here's the article. Here's the headline. Israel makes the hormones I need, but I support Palestinian liberation. I'm sorry. What now? Here, here, here. Uh, A large part of the trans community in the U.S. is being forced to choose between our life-affirming transitions and our Palestinian siblings demand for freedom. There's no way that that's real. Israel makes the hormones I need, but I support Palestinian liberation. So do I support the people who allow me to live my true self, or do I support my Palestinian siblings who, if they had their goal regarding Hamas, I'd be dead today. You, th- you think living under Sharia is going to give you much of a chance? Trans community? Are you insane? Are you out of your minds? You're, you, this is a choice you have to make? By the way, you're not choosing between Israel and your Palestinian siblings. You're choosing between Israel's existence and Ham- a terrorist organization winning. Hamas is ISIS. You're the... F- Wait, no, not the first. You're the second people dead. You really are going to push for your own eradication. You think I'm the problem? You're out of your heads. My gosh, leftism really is a psychological disorder, isn't it? Nutty. Continue to watch people. 
think it's okay to bomb a hospital where children... You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and, and the people telling the kids don't cry and like let them cry. And they're shaking and somebody you know this, they keep telling them not to cry. And that is lying Jew-hating representative Rashida Tlaib. I said it. I meant it. I'm not stopping. The ceasefire? You want Israelis dead. This ceasefire nonsense is nonsense. American hostages in Gaza. Israel viciously attacked at magnitudes of September 11th. Just to give you an idea how they see it. And there's Rashida Tlaib lying about what happened at a hospital. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. It, the rocket that hit the hospital was from Hamas, not from Israel. People have weighed in. We know the score. Data could change. Here's what the data tells us right now. It also tells us that it doesn't seem like the hospital itself was hit. Wasn't it a parking structure, a parking lot next to it? 500 people dead. The Iranians said 1,000 people dead. I don't believe any number because they come from the Hamas health ministry and they're all liars and all frauds. Rashida Tlaib is trying to gin up Israel and Jew hate because she hates Israel and she hates Jews. This bigot needs to get thrown out of Congress. Now, someone wake up Congressman Carson. Why he supports this bigot is beyond recognition, beyond understanding, and beyond or beneath contempt. He clearly also doesn't seem to care about Jews. But maybe he could figure his way to recognizing that he's made a grave error here. Or we'll throw him out too. Indianapolis needs to do better. And if the Republican Party isn't identifying people to run against Congressman Andre Carson, what's the point of a Republican Party at all? I don't know what Joe Elsner's doing, and I don't know what Ann Hathaway are doing. Or is doing, I should say. I don't know what those two are doing. Much better, Tony. You better have somebody who can run against this Jew hater. You better have somebody who actually thinks that it's wrong to support terrorism and it's wrong to lay down in the face of terrorism. Cease fire. Tony, what about the children? They're actually the ones I'm thinking about. You got to think long term. And recognize that war is hell. And there will be horrors, and they are simply not to be avoided while Hamas is still in charge. Time to grow up, progressives. You're wrong. Too bad we don't have a Republican Party in Indiana just yet willing to fight you on the subject. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. I hope you enjoyed this week's TK20. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. I'm producer Jonathan, and we'll be back again next week with another episode.